Hi, my name is James Andrella, and you are listening to the Back to Human podcast. If you've been following me for any length of time on social media over the previous few years, you probably learned that I stick to a select few different topics, one of which would be barefoot training and barefoot style footwear. This is something that I'm very passionate about because switching over to barefoot style footwear and barefoot training has absolutely changed my life. Back in 2017, I had reconstructive ACL surgery after experiencing a non-contact ACL tear. And I was going to change directions while playing flag football on Thanksgiving Day, a little turkey bowl. And instead of moving laterally, my change of direction was actually towards the ground. I heard an audible pop and I just kind of crumbled. My feet came out underneath me and I pretty much knew exactly what had happened and what the future entailed. So after the surgery, I had what was considered a full recovery, but I was still experiencing really, really bad knee pain, especially when I was coming downstairs. I thought this was just going to be it for the rest of my life, that I would experience this chronic knee pain, and that at 27 years old, things were just going to get worse from here on out. So luckily, I had the opportunity to work with an incredible strength coach named Troy Jones, which got me into barefoot training and noticed that I could not move my big toe independent of my other four toes. So after working on this for several months, my knee pain went away, resolved. So I learned that the foot is an absolute work of art. And then what happens downstream affects what happens upstream. And the knee tends to be a victim of either what is happening at the foot or the hip. And in my case, it was the foot and the ankle. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with the founder and chief design officer of my personal favorite shoe brand, Vivo Barefoot. On the show with me today is Asher Clark. Asher, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks a lot, James. Uh, pleasure to uh, be chatting to you right now. And uh, yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I've I've been really excited about this one. I actually have the Vivo on F Your Feet. Can you say that on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by all means, feel free to curse. So I have uh, Unfuck Your Feet on the back of my t-shirt. This was a design from Vivo Barefoot that came out a few years ago, and they right. asked me with the opportunity to put it on the back of my shirt. Um, and it just so happens, I feel like you guys come out with a lot of designs. So if you're the chief design officer, I love the colors that you're coming out with because a lot of them actually match my t-shirts. Okay, so. cool. Is that is that messaging working for you? Does that kind of uh, cut through the kind of cognitive dissonance of of, of, of padding and cushioning and uh, um, sneakers as we know them today? Honestly, man, not not so much. I, if if I'm being completely honest, people probably think I just have this weird foot fetish. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I wear them is because I, I work with someone that has like hundreds of billboards over here in the U.S. all the way from South Florida throughout Tennessee and in several states. And over the years, everyone knows this guy's jingle and they they know like the phone number to call in this certain instance. So I'm like, over time, the more that people see this visual um, picture, it's going to kind of go into their subconscious and something's going to click one day. It's like, oh, that's, that's what he means. But I've never really had anyone ask me, hey, wh what does that mean? But one day, never know. I, I'd honestly love to get billboards up around the city around here that say, unfuck your feet. I, I really think that would challenge people's uh, thought process when it comes to purchasing modern day footwear. 
Sure. Amen. So would you mind giving me a brief background on your history and what got you into the barefoot style of life? Uh, because from what I understand, you're from a generation, you're from a family of cobblers. Yeah, correct. I mean, um, you, you, you may have already guessed from my surname, but um, yeah, I'm a seventh generation cobbler from the Clark's shoe family. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wasn't really brought up um, that close to shoes. In fact, both my parents are actors. So I think my dad was a bit of a black sheep. Mm. Uh, dare I say, I guess I'm a little bit of a black sheep in that um, I never worked for the business. But um, what I do share with my ancestors is uh, is cobbling. So I guess that's kind of in my genes. Um, and yeah, I got into, I was always into design and, and sport and performance. And I got into footwear because it really was, uh, is the synergy of all those things and also kind of a big part of culture. So it's kind of where culture, performance, and, and ultimately everyone, um, you know, everyone pretty much stands on, on two feet on one earth. And these days they wear, they wear footwear. So I was just really into um, that from a kind of uh, product, brand, culture, socio kind of idea. And um, yeah, went and ended up, uh, I studied at London College of Fashion, graduated in two, around 2002, um, got a uh, one young designer of the year, started working whilst I was at college for um, a brand called Kenzo. And that was when it was sports and fashion were kind of really kind of interconnected in, in, the, in the era of like Prada Sport and Yoji Yamamoto. Um, and that's really where I kind of cut my teeth um and uh and yeah one thing led to another and um we came to realize um through a childhood friend of my cousin actually um who was a, a tennis player a designer and dad was an alexander coach technique uh, teacher um he kept twisting his ankles playing tennis in his in his in his nikes there you go i said it i wonder how many times we're going to say nike first mm -hmm. And so the first Vivo was in 2004 and he cut the sole off his Nikes with a, with a bread knife oh. um, and, and did, um, did, did a bit of research. And the fundamental insight is that your feet have the same amount of nerve endings in as your hands, right? Mm -hmm. So in the same way your hands are made to feel, so are your feet. Um, and it's a key part of your proprioceptive system. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and ultimately, you know, the information that your brain's getting from your feet um, it's using to put your your limbs in the right place at the right time or create the right shapes to deal with the right forces, kinetics and kinematics. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really kind of at that moment um, where we realized that isn't it incredible that um, shoe design has become completely disconnected from the understanding of feet and biomechanics and that at some point along the line, we thought we could um, fix a problem that doesn't need fixing your feet. Mm -hmm. um, and so therein lies the kind of real beginning of my journey of unlearning everything I knew about cobbling and starting to um, really go on a deep and steep learning curve of, 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 of biomechanics, um, anatomy, feet, and, and, and how we can make effectively the perfect shoe perfect for feet or footwear um that is one simple job it just has to let your feet do their thing um so uh yeah i've been on a, uh, a very humbling um design 
journey and um and we've built a company around that um of uh making bare vivo bare footwear um and um if i knew how long it would take or how difficult it was i probably wouldn't have wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't have gone on the journey but you know i think a bit of ignorance and a bit of grit and stubbornness will get you a long way so you know many days as i sit here in front of you today we're kind of still at the beginning of of, of journey um and 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 actually our footwear mission is is elevated a little bit where our definition of perfect footwear is regenerative bare footwear which is regenerative to feet and ultimately the way we move right um and regenerative to the planet ultimately not just making something that's more sustainable but but in the same way um nature designs ultimately trying to make something that's net positive and obviously underpinned by a company that is uh working in, in that kind of way as well so that is the whistle stop tour of of uh, how it all started and where i am today it's awesome man and what a what a journey what yeah. a journey for you to walk on so. yeah exactly yeah. one step at a time uh, yeah hopefully in barefoot stuff but where uh so it, the cognitive dissonance that you mentioned before, um, I like that you bring that up because it seems counterintuitive if you were to mention this to any athlete. You mentioned that uh, the tennis player was constantly rolling their ankles. And what people assume today is that with this name brand footwear, and I don't mind mentioning Nike, uh, if anything, I have a little bit of resentment toward that company uh, just from what happened with myself. But people assume that with modern day footwear with these large heels and the supportive cushiony maybe a little bit more of the ankle support that they're actually buying something that's going to benefit them that it's going to help them play better but meanwhile the foot is its own little perfect structure you can't make perfect better so if, if i understood correctly when you first started out you weren't designing barefoot style footwear so what was it like when you had that that like light bulb moment um yeah i mean yeah the light bulb moment if i'm honest was um was um the uh, an uh, uh, was an interaction with a gentleman called lee saxby who understood barefoot and biomechanics but mainly through the lens of evolutionary biology where it's obviously bigger than than just feet you could call it natural health uh, uh, a kind of uh, something that's that's starting to really take hold now in in, in an alternative um, but dare I say a natural approach to lifestyle where in the same way our feet are the best bit of technology to ever go into a shoe mm -hmm. um, our bodies millions of years of evolution haven't just done a pretty damn good job with our feet they've also done that with the rest of our bodies right and you know we are at best when we're um, enabling or allowing our 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 bodies, um, minds, uh, and selves to be as close to nature or natural as possible. Um, everything, sleep, food, uh, movement, um, uh, footwear, um, uh, as possible. And, um, yeah, so, and, and feet, um, are, are a big part of that. So it was like this, the, the, the thing I mentioned before, this idea of, um, um, kinetics and kinematics ultimately forces and if your if your brain is not able to feel the the force 
in terms of your three main gears, i.e. standing is one body weight, walking is two body weights, and then when you when you click into a run, it's three body weights. Um, so we so it was I think it was this moment where it was really looking at running form and you have jogging and you have running and jogging is like a hybrid movement of walk running and you can only jog when you have padding under your heel mm -hmm. so a jog is 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 a heel strike right yeah. and, and 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 proper running is is where you're you have a very clean um central posture and there's greater steps and and everything's happening on the underneath you in a kind of bouncy kind of way um and yeah and it was just understanding really that if you get in the way of the natural proprioceptive system then you fundamentally get in the way of of natural movement and then you know you cause problems up the kinetic chain um was that kind of real moment and that was a crazy light bulb moment because you're like um you know surely they're not getting it surely they're not all getting it this wrong do you know what i mean um but then yeah. you could say that about big tech big pharma big agriculture you know big food obviously they're connected that you know unfortunately i think we're living in in, in a world right now where there is a result of humanity kind of emancipating ourselves from nature ultimately the ecosystem as opposed to the ecosystem um and we're, we're we think that we can cut corners feed ourselves better um and 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 uh do things in more of an efficient kind of way and a more synthesized way that's ultimately having a detrimental impact on on our health and shoes are a big part of that problem yeah and so we we have big shoe and i, I do believe it's all connected you have big shoe big pharma big tech well with the shoe industry and i've taken the vivo barefoot health course so uh, you have stats in there, like there's over 600,000 forefoot surgeries a year, uh, most of them being in women. And yeah. well, you got to look at like surgeries. So we have uh, bunionectomies. We have people that go to get tension relieved because of plantar fasciitis. And these problems keep coming back. And as yeah. you said, it's like if you had that moment of clarity where it's just like people can't be getting this that wrong. Yeah, it's it's like a what the hell is is really going on we're so disconnected and i see it as a bigger picture so if we're putting on these massive heeled cushiony shoes we're kind of like numbing out subconsciously we're numbing out it's almost like we're fearful we can't step out into the world we can't step out into nature which we have the evolutionary process like this is where we came from we're so disconnected from that and the farther that we get away from the earth from nature, the sicker that we become. So it's all one interconnected web. And what you'll see, you mentioned the heel striking as well. If you have a kid and they haven't been um, exposed to this modern day footwear or they're not in cleats or anything like that, you're not going to see the heel striking if they go for a sprint. Mm -hmm. A young child, if you have them barefoot and they're running out on the street, they're going to have pretty much perfect running mechanics. And you won't see the heel striking because if you were an easy way to correct your running for anyone that's listening to this, if you're an adult, which I don't recommend because you're probably going to hurt yourself. But if you were to go sprint out on concrete, I want you to try heel striking. Let me know how that feels. You you would never heel strike again. So why are we doing this in the supposed technology that we have 
with this modern day footwear. And I, I found a quote of yours that says, uh, honor the foot, innovate sustainably, and make shoes that let your foots do its thing. And I think that's what we really need to do. We just need to let the human body do its thing. Yeah, and we, 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 we like to talk about normal versus natural, just because it's normal doesn't mean it's, it's right. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then we also split that up now is that you have shoes that make your feet shoe shaped and weak and you have footwear, which is designed from, from a foot's perspective. Um, and, and to your earlier point, like the body is amazing and it will adapt and do the best it, it can in the environment that you put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but in the same way, it can negatively adapt if you put it in the wrong shape or the wrong environment. So, you know, chairs and seated posture and, and, and um, shoes um, that if they're not the shape of your feet and they support, then it effectively kind of changes the morphology, particularly in kids, to your earlier point, is that a child's foot is effectively 70% cartilage until, it's, until their formative years. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like a, 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 there's, there's plasticity to that, that it really goes wrong when you put your kids in in footwear that um that is shoe shaped um and that's supported and that it actually changes the shape of the foot and a, a weak um kind of off center base of support isn't a good and healthy base of support for any kind of movement right mm-hmm. um so you quickly go from the carefree child with perfect biomechanics running around the pool or you know, perfectly able to run on hard surfaces um, because, you know, we, we we didn't evolve to run on soft manicured lawns or on carpets. You know, it was, it was, there was a lot of compact earth. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, look, shoes or footwear is a big part of our evolutionary heritage, but really as just tools to protect us from thermal, thermal damage or from cuts. Um, but if you were, you know, like our great, 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 great ancestors, if you're on your feet all day and you're hunting or gathering um, and there's, there's a lot of work you need to do, um, you're not going to be wearing um, pointy shoes with, with, with heels. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, ultimately it will impact the way you move um, pretty drastically. And that's where we're, that's where we are today, right? Is that, fashion and culture have driven a kind of uh, a, a um, soci- socio-cultural kind of phenomenon, if you like, where we think that, you know, heels and pointy toe shapes fundamentally came from the functional need of having to put your feet in stirrups and your heels not slipping through those stirrups. So the kind of prestige of owning a horse mm-hmm. and a beautiful pair of shoes fit for riding became the kind of cultural kind of fashion statement or or or, um or necessity of that time and effectively we're we're still elevating hills we're still looking down and wanting to look at a pointy toe shape to feel like we fit in or we're kind of or the unfashionable foot is looking fashionable Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh it's a big challenging narrative to kind of to, to break uh out there yeah it's uh, it, what I like to say is just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. So it's become just this fashion statement in order to wear this footwear. And the, there was an incredible stat since you mentioned the kids and the cartilage uh, in the coaching course that I, 
I was stunned by. I think it was 75 to 85% of kids in preschool all have a misaligned big toe. Yeah. This I actually received a message just yesterday from a mother that her child is waking up in the middle of the night complaining of foot pain. And she asked me, do I think that this has anything to do with the footwear? It's like, absolutely, because environment dictates behavior. The environment that you are placed in as a human is going to uh, steer how what habits that you have. Same thing goes for our foot. If we're putting something with 26 bones, 33 joints, and over 100 muscles, tendons, and ligaments in this narrow toe box environment, we have the said principle, specific adaptations to impose demands you are asking the foot and the body to adapt to this negative state. There, there can only be negative results that come out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like uh, whilst on stats, you've got kind of over 70 or 80% of Americans suffer from some kind of foot pain, over 70 or 80% of um, recreational runners in America suffer from some kind of running related injury. And, you know, as, as humans, we're born to move, born to run. Um, if you read, if you read Dan Lieberman's paper or read the book by Chris McGill, yeah. and you don't get, you know, you, you don't get animals in the animal kingdom. You don't get 70% of lions suffering from knee pain as a result of running, you know, <laughs> or 70% of kangaroos suffering from ankle um, kind of uh, plantar fasciitis from jumping, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen. So there's, therein lies a, a huge red flag, like what, what are we getting in the way of as as humanity um from the ground up and and obviously we're here today talking about um talking about shoes you know and and you know one of the biggest um impacts on mortality is um is um immobility right ultimately not moving and if and if you're suffering from any kind of injury um feet up the kinetic chain a result as a result of feet then you're not moving and of course if you're not moving you're losing and um that is the bigger bigger than cancer smoking drinking not moving and um is the biggest impact on 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 mortality in the western world today right so um you know we've got we to keep moving yeah oh we need to get people moving pain-free Big time. Yeah. So hopefully people that are listening to this, a light bulb is going off and you may be reconsidering what you are putting your foot in. And I know when this moment of clarity came for me, uh, I looked at my Jordan sneakers. I looked at my Nike sneakers and forgive me. I probably could have went about this in a better way, but I didn't want to donate them. I didn't want to give them away to someone because I know that I was just going to be harming someone else. Mm-hmm. So I, I just... Cost them, and I know that Vivo is uh, very big on sustainability, and um, I believe that you have the Revivo program where you're actually trying to keep shoes out of landfills. So I don't, I don't know what you can possibly do with other name brand footwear. Maybe there's a program like that in the future where you can change whatever shoe that you currently have instead of tossing it. Maybe turn it into a barefoot style shoe. Who knows? Some idea yeah. to ponder. But what should people be looking for in their footwear? Um, ultimately, we, we we call it the three Fs, um, formerly known as WTF, which is what the fuck, or wide, thin, and flexible, um, or fit, flex, and feel is what we call it now. So so wide is effectively fit. You're looking for 
the footwear that's foot shaped, not shoe shaped. So have a look down at your feet, you know, particularly have a look at indigenous or unshod populations and have a look at what their feet look like. They're, they are wide and there's a lot of air and space between the toes. Um, so you're looking for something that's foot shaped and you're going to be pretty uncomfortable looking down at that because it's not um, what you're used to. Um, and uh, the next one is flex. And that is ultimately you need a flexible shoe to allow your foot to flex. And ultimately that's your, 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 your muscles and tendons in your feet to do what they were designed to do. And that's your, that's your kind of um, shock absorption and your energy return. So the, the tendons and the muscles, tendons act as springs and put, literally put a natural spring in your step um, and along with the fascia um, and, 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 and the muscles obviously enable all of that to, to, you know, really give you that energy, energy return. And um, a strong, healthy foot is the foundation of, of strong, healthy movement. And, and in fact, we did a study with Liverpool University um, where after six months wearing Vivo shoes, which, you know, there's no secret sauce. All, all, all it is is a thin sole and letting the feet work um, actually can improve foot strength by up to 60%, which is a pretty phenomenal kind of notion right is that just by being barefoot as much as possible you're going to put 60 percent more strength on your foot which doesn't matter what you wear on game day whether it's a pair of nikes or whatever it is what you wear on friday or saturday night having 60 percent stronger feet has got to be something that you know um we're all up for mm -hmm. uh, and the final thing is, is is feel or thin sole so fit flex and feel um, and feel is about having as thin a sole as possible that enables your feet, which are the ultimate movement sensors and have the same amount of nerve endings in as your hands, which I, we previously spoke about, to, to feel the ground and ultimately give your brain all the information it needs um, to create the right shapes to deal with the appropriate forces, whether you're standing, walking or running. Um, so those are the things you're looking for. And uh, yeah, you're really, you know, all we're trying to do is make as little footwear as possible um, and your feet are perfectly capable to take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. To provide them the environment. Yeah. So we got fit, flex, feel, which I want to touch on that feel bit a little bit more because you mentioned proprioception, how like 70% of our feedback from our feet dictates how we are going to be moving. Uh, I'm taking a neurology course. You also mentioned the hands. So anyone that's listening to this, your hands and your feet are what interact with the environment. So they are going to require more conscious effort. Think about it. You reach for a glass with your hand. You need the dexterity in order to actually grab it and hold it. Your feet are capable of grabbing things as well, or they should be anyway. If they're, they haven't been numbed out or dulled, then the muscles are strong enough to do so. So your hands and your feet are what engage with the environment. They require more conscious effort. You don't open a door with your elbow. You don't walk with your knees. You're stepping on the ground, mm -hmm. ideally, anyway. And then we also have the, for the alternative, the WTF. I kind of like that one a little bit better, wide than inflexible. Most people listening to this are probably like, what the fuck have I been wearing? So. Yeah, here we go. That can be your next t-shirt. You can, you can keep that. It's I like that. So we got FFF, Triple F, or WTF. Yeah. So the alternative, the flip side is, what what impact is the name brand footwear having on our feet and bodies currently? So what do we what do we see with typical footwear, and what are the long term 
implications of wearing this footwear for decades on end, hours at a time each day? Yeah. No, I mean, um, you know, ultimately, um, if you anything that you um, over support or anything that you compromise in terms of shape is ultimately compromising its functionality and mobility and, you know, a immobile um, foot is is creating a is creating issues up the kinetic chain. Um, so the, the common issues are plantar fasciitis, um, Morton's toe, inverted toes, um, and weak feet, which ultimately um, start to get that supination or the collapsed um, collapsed arch and the, and the weak ankles and everything starts to roll in, um, and um, you start kind of you know you probably you, you tend to see it a lot in older people is when they walk from side to side and they're kind of walking with it with it with a gait across the outside of their feet compensating for their weak arches yeah. um often they're in 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 um inserts um where they're they're walking like an ape on the outside of their feet rather than walking outside ball and then toe off um so yeah the the, the major um issues is when you get a significant issue in your feet, it affects everything else, um, knees, lower back, um, walking gait, and it just puts, brings, brings, brings pain and discomfort into the rest of your body. And, and as we spoke about before, you know, um, if you, if we all need to move a lot more regularly than your average person, and if we're not able to move because of pain and chronic pain, which is a huge um, problem, not just related to feet, um, and movement in in the Western world, um, then uh, it starts to massively impact our quality of life, our well-being, and ultimately our mortality. Um, so it's a big problem, honestly. It's a it's a it's a it's a meaningful problem that shoes are trashing our feet, um, and they're trashing our planet. And we've got to get um, we've got to um, get all over that basic, real um, challenge yeah i i wear the shirts out on the trails sometimes yeah. obviously i'm out on the i'm wearing only vivo barefoot it's pretty much the only thing that i own at this point uh when i'm out on the trails i'll see people that are like laboring and they, they look like they're in so much pain and yeah. I, I personally know that it has a lot to do with their footwear but when i'm out there walking i feel energized the entire time i don't get fatigued yeah and Something that I've been interested in for years, obviously, because I had the ACL tear, is I feel like it has a huge impact on how many non-contact ACL injuries that we're actually seeing. So mm -hmm. I found a study that says the the real function of the big toe and our yeah. feet are meant to splay, similar to our hands, where yeah. we kind of spread our hands. Our feet are meant to provide us a base of support. Right. So what I personally found, and maybe you know a little bit more about this as well, I'm not saying that all cases of non-contact ACL tears are due to this, but when you're in the narrow toe box cleat, your big toe does not have the ability to abduct anymore. So your base of support is lessened. Yeah. This is going to stem upstream, but then it kind of leads, correct me if I'm wrong, to this overpronation. Yeah. where you can't get into supination. So what's going to happen is now your tibia is going to get into internal rotation. 
and your hips are going to follow that as well. It's almost like you get this little like snap. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's actually a question that I want to ask in the future, but I guess we can get into it now is for Vivo Barefoot. Do you guys have any, um, any thoughts on getting into the athletic world? So a basketball sneaker, because right now I'm playing uh, basketball daily for the previous few years without any incidents, maybe I'll roll my ankles from time to time, but I could say being in this barefoot style footwear for years and training specifically for this, I would not recommend it to anyone. That's just a current couch potato to go try this because you will probably end up getting hurt. Uh, but my, my ankles, my feet have gotten stronger. So if I do roll my ankles, it's really not so big of a problem. I'm usually back up on my feet in two days or so. Yeah. But, do you guys have any plans to get into the athletic world with like a basketball shoe or perhaps a football, a soccer cleat? Um, probably, probably not directly, but I mean, we we kind of say that um, that ultimately you need to kind of move slow, run slow, so take your time, right? And 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 in performance or competition sports like basketball. Um, I think that, you know, the way you might play basketball or tennis or various court sports in a cushioned or supportive shoe is going to be different to how you would do it effectively barefoot. Um, the way you move and the way you land are going to kind of change a little bit. Um, so um, I think like uh, we're just about to launch a kind of performance training product um, called the Motor Strength, which is built with a bit more kind of durability and lateral kind of stability in um all same all, all foot shaped and um the same feel fit flex feel as before but ultimately just has a bit more durability so you can start to really use it in 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 um in in hardcore training let's say like crossfit or in court sports um dare i say a great tennis shoe or in basketball where you've got a bit more toe protection and durability so we're not directly getting into that stuff but i think um a product like that would probably be the most appropriate when you're ready to take your um, barefoot game to the courts mm -hmm. that, that takes a lot of like just courage to be able to try something new out because this is all we've known this is all we've yeah. known to play sports and would be the nikes and whatever tennis or volleyball shoe it's like to try something different there's there's some trade-offs with this. There's the perceived benefit of speed and perhaps a little bit more bounce, as people would like to call it. Yeah. Maybe you feel like you jump or you perform better in the modern day cleat or uh, athletic shoe, but you're giving up the stability aspect. And I feel like if you're almost taking the brakes off. So if you're wearing that type of footwear, sure, you may be able to run faster, you may be able to jump higher, but you're taking the brakes off. So if you're a Ferrari, if you're a Lamborghini, you're going off that mountain. Eventually you're predisposing yourself to more injuries, more ankle sprains, more perhaps ACL tears, or even, even uh, going to the general population, you were mentioning pain before I've had people that have worn this. My mother got rid of back pain and people wouldn't really make that correlation. But as we were talking about, it goes all the way up the chain. So if your feet are weak, your feet are your foundation, your feet are the roots. Yeah, I like to say the deeper the roots, the stronger the branches. So the stronger your feet are, the stronger the rest of your body's going to be. Yeah, 100%. If, if you don't have strong feet, I don't feel like you are 
actually as strong as you potentially could be as an athlete. Mm. Yeah. No, big time. We're we're noticing that a lot now. That a lot of tier one, tier two athletes across hockey, tennis, um, American football, NBA basketball have now got and are now using Vivos as part of their training program as a training as a training tool, which is coming through their strength and conditioning coaches. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a very it's a it's a pretty simple thing to get your head around is that the stronger and more stable you can make your feet, the better that is, regardless of what you wear on game day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and in the same way, you you pay a lot of attention to the strength, conditioning, mobility of the rest of your body. It obviously makes a lot of sense to do that on the, the 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 key part of your body which is always in contact with the ground um so it's it's happening um and i think that's um a great thing and i think people are going to start to really feel the performance benefits um and perhaps start to make the correlation in in acl tears non-contact acl tears or the improvement of re- rehabilitation back from injury etc mm-hmm. um so uh yeah you know just let nature do its thing um it's been pretty good at it for a millennia so were you uh were you met with like a lot of cognitive dissonance yourself when you started to oh 100 percent, yeah it's just like it was crazy right it was like why are you making the shoes that shape surely you need a little bit of heel drop they're too wide they look ugly Barefoot will never take off. The customer's not ready for it. You know, um, it's uh, yeah. It's always been. It's and that's what I've always found incredible about it is that it is. I'd stand up in the court and put my you know hang my hat on this. It's just it's just evolutionary fact, right? Um, that that um, let just a you know a strong healthy body all the way from the ground up is um is um what it's all about and um shoes like a lot of other things kind of get in the way of that right and you know as a as a species you know um mortality rates i think now for the first time are going down we're um, we're fundamentally now going up we're fundamentally dying younger than we were five to ten years ago we're more unhealthy and we're more kind of uh, um, stressed out and we're probably getting more injuries as a result of um, sleep, food, lifestyle um, and footwear. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Flint Ober. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Earthing. So I had him on a previous interview and he was mentioning how he had his uh, light bulb moment. He was an electrician back in the day and he saw these uh, this Japanese tour bus. These people came off the, the bus wearing these huge white Nike sneakers. And yeah. he was wondering, I wonder if the rubber soles on those shoes are affecting us as humans because we've, we've been disconnected. Yeah. So what materials are the are Vivo's made out of? I know that you use a different few sources. You do a lot of collaborations and such. What uh, what materials are they made out of? I, th- I think you've even read that you create some of them from algae blooms. Yeah, yeah, no. So we use, um, we we're, we fundamentally use kind of 
bio recycled and or natural materials so the kind of circularity goal is made from nature to be returned from nature to be returned to nature effectively biosphere circularity um, or, or technosphere circularity is effectively made from polymers um, in the future kind of fourth or fifth generation feedstocks um, to be continually recycled to close the loop that way um, and so yeah effectively the majority of our shoes right now are either made from a percent soles wise are made from a percentage of natural rubber or a kind of percentage of recycled rubber and the truth is is that they're not um, grounded or earthed um, as you'd say but we are um, looking into to doing that with some of the product right now um, and, and it's an interesting kind of touch point that right is that the body is a battery the, the planet is a battery and cellular health kind of give or take it's negative or positive is ultimately the key kind of conductor on whether a cell is healthy or unwell and so yeah, at, at a cellular le le level um, based on the limited research that I've looked at um, there is quite a lot of strong evidence that suggests that earthing or standing barefoot on the planet for 30 minutes a day or swimming in the ocean um, can positively impact recovery, decrease stress, blood pressure, um, and and generally kind of impact our well-being. Mm -hmm. I was curious if the the ultra blooms, because I, I believe those are made from the algae, uh, if those would ground you, if like that material was conductive. It's not conductive, no. And it's it's actually quite a small percentage of algae. It's still a really huge challenge is to make a product 100% natural or 100% recycled or from bio material. Mm. Um, and it's one we're working heavily on. Um, but yeah, as we sit here right now, we, we're at a kind of a relatively nascent moment in our journey to make the perfect footwear um or a product that's let's say made from nature to be returned to nature mm -hmm. yeah you get in there you get in there fine yeah no, i appreciate the transparency i love that about your company thanks so i know that rewilding is a, a term that you guys use i'm not sure if you're the one that coined that but i've actually heard on a previous podcast that i don't know if it ever came to fruition I believe it was either an education center or warehouse that you guys were looking to take outdoors. So yeah. what does rewilding mean to you? Um, well, it effectively means like, you know, we call it kind of human nature or we are nature and nature is us. And so rewilding to me is effectively getting as close to our natural environment and and a way of living is possible because that's how we've lived for the majority of our existence in the bodies that we all find ourselves in now, which are kind of two, three hundred thousand years old, right? And so for the majority of that time, we've lived in rhythm with the seasons, in rhythm with the circadian rhythm, with with dawn and dusk. Um, um, we've lived, um, you know, really close to the soil and, and there's, there's an amazing synergy with our, our kind of the macrobiome and the microbiome. Effectively, soil health is linked to gut health. Um, the food we eat, um, 
the, the community, the healthy communities that we used to be kind of surrounded by, the way we move, um, etc. So kind of rewilding to me is effectively getting back to that, getting as close as possible to the core essence of of living in tune with nature. Um, and uh, I think that's, you know, I don't think we're ever going to go back to, or I, I think it's un, it's unrealistic that the planet is going to go back to, you know, completely living off grid in the in a in a rainforest. Um, but there's a lot of things we can do in our modern lives that align with with natural principles that will have a meaningful um, impact on the way we on the way we feel. You know, um, and so that is rewilding for me. What would you say would be like three things other than footwear that people could? implement their lives to rewild themselves so you have um, soil what are yeah, the practices i i would say kind of eating whole foods and seasonal foods um effectively kind of organic and seasonal um which has um all of which which is a lot more likely to have all of the important kind of minerals um and and good stuff in from the soil in the actual food um, sleep is obviously incredibly important. So switching technology off a few hours before you go to bed, um, trying to keep your, your sleeping rhythm kind of, uh, in line with, with when it gets dark, um, and when it gets light, um, often doing some breath work to reduce stress, stress, increasing oxygenation, regulating the nervous system and effectively promoting relaxation and mindfulness is, um, just just helps you kind of de um, defog and and chill the hell out before you go to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Nurturing a really important, you know, your community, both your your kids, family, friends. Um, they say in the in the blue zones, which are the zones of the world where people live for an extraordinary extraordinary amount of time. Um, all those things that I mentioned are, are really prevalent, um, but a strong sense of community is is meant to be a massive driver. Um, and then the, the, the two other big ones, and one that I have part of my daily routine to keep my head on, head on straight is, is, is waking up and, and doing some movement, um, groundwork, um, go for a little run. Um, and then the, 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 the final thing is, um, you know, thermogenesis or, 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 or the use of hot cold. Uh, the easiest thing to do obviously at home is, is take a cold shower. Um, and the crazy thing about that is like just three to five minutes in a cold shower, like decreases inflammation, improves immune function um, and um, literally makes you feel happy. It, it can increase. I was listening to a Huberman con, uh, podcast the other day and it can increase dopamine. Just having a cold shower for three to six minutes can increase dopamine for four up to four X and literally make you feel happy for up to six hours of the day, right? And that's just a three to five minute cold shower. So, you know, it, add that to your routine and uh, movement and that, and you will feel the difference um, within a week. It's a bit of a hard sell the cold shower to some people because oh, yeah. it, it can be miserable at first. And then you'd be like, how is that going to make me happy? I'm going to hate it the whole time. Yeah, but just try it. It's, it's, it's obviously brutal to get in, particularly when you haven't done it. But then... 
like just score yourself on how you feel when you get out and the payoff well outweighs the challenge of getting 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 through it so um yeah uh, whole foods sleeping well sense of community finding your purpose movement and cold showers it's all like it's all right there at your doorstep simple, simple. yeah not, I imagine you're not doing your morning run in hokas or anything like that. I'm not doing my morning run in hokas, no. <laughs> awesome. Love it, man. So um, I also know that you guys have Vivo Barefoot experiences, and this this is something that I'm interested in. You mentioned community. I just had a, a baby. He's seven months old right now, and now I get to look forward to the future and, and what kind of community or environment that I want for him. And uh, the typical classroom just for myself isn't something that I'm interested in, although I went through uh, high school, college in the classroom setting with all these lights, which aren't really natural, sitting for hours on end. Uh, something that I'm really looking forward to in the future is I can fantasize and imagine an outdoor classroom where the, these kids are just coming together, they're playing, or even adults. I feel like this is very important for adults to do. And maybe I'm a little bit of a, a child still. I, maybe I need to develop even a little bit more maturity. But like, when when was the last time you climbed a tree as an adult? Like, these are things that I feel like are important because when I'm climbing a tree, there's the sense that, all right, I might fall out of this and I could potentially hurt myself. Who knows? Die. Yeah. But it really just, it's like a puzzle. And I think that this type of stuff is more important to kids than the curriculum that they're currently going through. So what are Vivo Barefoot experiences and who are they for? Are they for adults? Are they for kids? Um, yeah, so um, or some of the colleagues just arrived from his trip, trip in Asia. Mm. Uh, Vivo experiences, a good example is um, um, a... Uh, a sport that you may may or not have heard of you could call it sport a pastime called swim run um it was invented in sweden and it's a it's not triathlon um it's this it's the simple act of you know the ultimate purest form of human locomotion running through beautiful um um off-road kind of nature environments and then hitting the water and swimming and then running and swimming and running and swimming um, probably the kind of ultimate expression of reconnecting with nature where you literally have no kind of uh, um, um, a wall, so to speak, right? Um, and you start and you, you have a, a, a simple wetsuit that unzips at the front and you, you have a pair of Vivos on with grip and deals with water really well and with your with your partner and in an environment with lots of other um, uh pairings um you set off and run a run an incredible course of swimming and and, and running trail basically nice. um that's a cool example of an experience that we we we, we um uh, back and are proponents of that's what these are for that's what those are for yeah so that right there is the hydra so the hydra is the ultimate swim run shoe so it has super sticky um grip um, and amazing lugs for traversing works off-road and on wet kind of granite rocks yeah you, and uh it's got an upper that has that that molding on the top which gives you the durability with that thin single ply mesh which enables the water to flow through the product ultimately giving you a low wet weight and low water drag 
Hmm. Um, and really the ultimate swim run shoe is the ultimate trail running shoe, right? Because you need breathability, you need durability, you need incredible grip, but you need the water to go in and out of the product really quickly and your feet to stay dry. So yeah, that and, is, um, yeah. And of course, bit flexible. Yep. So for anyone that's watching this on YouTube, this, I should have shown this earlier. So uh, wide or fit here at the yeah. top. So that would be the W out of the, yeah. And then thin, so thin sold, you don't have a massive heel lift in the back. Yeah. And then flexibility. So this yeah. thing is very, very extremely light. Yeah. And it can fold on itself, which you probably would not be able to do with your favorite pair of Nikes or such. Yeah. Um, that, sounds, uh, that sounds amazing, man. I remember I was in a group chat of a bunch of coaches and one of them would do triathlons. So they're biking, they're running, and then they're swimming through open water. And he mentioned one day that there's like this depression after the race for some people, like it's this deep depression afterwards. And what made the most sense to me, I could absolutely be wrong. And this one is like, you're, you're during that race, you're literally doing a Vivo barefoot type experience of swim and run. It's like, you're finally connecting with the earth again, instead of going in our caves, our little holes that we create for ourselves and not connecting with nature so you're picking yeah. up all these electrons from the earth you're literally recharging yourself and then you're like you know what no i'm gonna go sit on my couch for eight hours a day it's like that that's humanness to me totally, totally yeah it's as human as it gets man blue green health is swim run right mm -hmm. uh, and you know it's uh right back to the earlier point what is rewilding what can we do to be healthier happier people and and swim run is a kind of beautiful expression of that it's it's moving it's being in nature and and in the ocean vitamin c and vitamin n right to the main vein mm. love it man so are these vivo uh experiences in the states right now i, I need to do a little bit more research myself yeah, I think there are, yeah, yeah there's, there's um various partnerships um going on that you should you should check out and of course also check out um vivo health which is our, our health platform that gives tips on transition on on foot mobility um all of this all of the kind of basic stuff you can do to rehab and move um like a supernatural human being mm -hmm. um and we're going to get you know deeper into the kind of world of natural health we just launched a course with a guy called zach bush um breathing courses and and start to really touch on all of those points that um we were we were talking about um just now around what you can do to to rewild um in a modern environment um what can we all get our, get get our hands on um so yeah go to go and check out vivohealth.com will do yeah i love uh zach stuff i was listening to something of his the other day and it almost brought tears to my eye i'm like holy crap someone someone understands what i've seen and felt for the previous few years so it's amazing that you guys are working with him yeah that's powerful he's, he's a serious sage of our time and it's a pleasure to work alongside him yeah 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 so what uh you have the one with the athletic shoe uh, be uh, yeah the, the motor strength is out in a couple of months um so yeah watch this space it's a, an amazing new product and, and ultimately kind of really delivers on an important need of, of of durable kind of high intensity kind of strength training um of course with everything barefoot awesome awesome mm -hmm. And uh, besides that, what does the future of Vivo look like? So I know that you have the free Vivo program. 
Yeah, Vivo take back. I guess the big part of Vivo's future is um, we'll launch in June, the second week of June, um, and that's called Vivo Biome, um, which is a kind of scan-to-print circular footwear system, um, effectively making made-to-measure, um, made-locally, uh, made-to-be-remade product, um, bespoke um, footwear based on a kind of foot scan. So we're launching that in the UK first. Um, it's a huge um, innovation piece that we'll launch a test pilot program. We're marketing campaign in June, um, second week of June, um, then recruiting 200 test pilots in the UK, and they'll go on a, a, a three three um, tranches of footwear where they get their first footwear in August, um, and then their second one in November, and third one in February. Um, next year and we'll be then ironing out all the kinks in terms of performance fit um, value proposition um, whilst we look to onshore our first little um, uh, kind of additive micro factory um, somewhere in a secret location in Europe mm. um, if we can get that right we'll aim to roll that out in a more significant way in the next kind of uh, uh, three to five years globally and it will probably become a kind of uh, a, 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 we hope it will become a significant way we make product um not for stock but for um uh, not not for stock and mass markets but ultimately for individuals and foot by foot and person by person mm -hmm. a little bit more individualized so so they'd be yeah. getting three different Footwares at different intervals is yeah, it that... yeah, so the first interval is only the first round and then they feed back um, and then we get the, um, we in integrate that feedback um, based on fit and function. And that happens three times. Um, and that will be the final learning phase of the kind of mass test pilot program. Hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, do you, do you account for potential growth? So they're scanning each interval, I would imagine, because I think yeah. it's a they're scanning each inter interval, yeah. So we'll we'll potentially account for growth. Um, yeah. We don't anticipate there's going to be that much change over the six to eight months, um, but ultimately that will also depend on whether they're new to barefoot or not. Um, so yeah, that's the that's that's the idea. Is the shoe your foot scan today is going to be different to your foot scan in a year's time, mm -hmm. and of course all feet are different in terms of shape and girth. So if we really want to deliver on our vision, we've got to make things locally and we've got to make things bespoke. Um, and additive manufacturing um, is 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 likely to be a key technology to unlock that vision. That's awesome, man. That's, uh, did you ever imagine that your stubbornness would lead to this? Um, I still suffer from that today. So I think it's kind of a big driver, honestly. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because I think it's important to anyone listening to this. Once you start your barefoot journey, um, what I've personally noticed and I've noticed with clients as well is that initially the footwear was a little bit big, which I mean, it's it's uh, going to fit differently than your current modern day footwear. And my feet, as well as others, have actually grown. So uh, I've needed to actually size up after some time. Yeah. Uh, and with that, with your current model, what would you, how would you suggest people, if they're making this transition, what would you recommend they do size-wise? Um, up, down? 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's whatever kind of feels good to you. Some people like their shoes to fit a little more true, and sometimes they like them to fit a bit more loose. You know, you just got to give your feet the room they need without having a kind of dangerously oversized shoe. Um, obviously, if you have one size fits all, some feet are really wide or really thin, and um, it's tougher to get that size perfect. Wherein lies the 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 challenge that we're embarking on with making shoes for individuals um so so yeah just give your feet enough room to for fit flex and feel um and uh yeah the closer you are to barefoot the better basically um i think that's probably a good kind of end to a, a really interesting conversation and one that um i've really enjoyed kind of going on with you jane so um a big thank you People are starting to now encroach on this space. But yeah, big thank you for, for reaching out and a real pleasure to be on your on your platform and talk about unfucking your feet. And hopefully the uh the uh few more people go on the journey as a result of this conversation. I hope so, brother. And the pleasure was mine. Thank you so much for joining me on this today, Asher. Cheers. Bye for now. Yeah. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the show. And if you found any of this information valuable, I would love if you would share it. Share it with a family member, share it with a friend or someone that you know that has been dealing with some common foot issues such as bunions, plantar fasciitis, ingrown toenails, frequently sprained ankles, or they're dealing with some chronic ankle, knee, hip, lower back pain. As you mentioned in the show, what happens downstream affects what happens upstream so the footwear that you're wearing is going to affect the entire body not just the foot alone and these are some of the issues that i've not only experienced resolve within myself but also with my clients as well once we transitioned over to barefoot style footwear if you would like to support the show i do have a discount code for you for vivo barefoot shoes you can use code 6killa10 there's a little flare on that one that is s-i-x-k-i-l-l-a 10 at checkout to save 10 percent off of your purchase and if that code doesn't work go ahead and check out back to human.us where i will have an updated code for you there depending on when you are listening to this episode thank you again for listening to the show kill the day